0: Jeffy, Jeffy, <laughs> are you there? What
1: do you want to know about butts? Do what I do! What What, what do you do? Do butts! <laughs> Night has fallen once again. Texas the limestone has turned from yellow to pink to the bone white of the moon and here we are the bats are out doing their nightly thing the insects are making a little noise but not much tonight and uh, and the computer rail is occasionally driving by here on this uh, this back porch where I'm not gonna lie to you one magical nation I am almost cold tonight. I am almost chilly. I almost feel like I need a wrap or maybe a a sweater or something. That's that's how pleasant it is out here. It is wonderful. It is it is fall. The month is ending. The month ends in R, and I am I am here for it one hundred percent. It is wonderful. Uh, we got a very exciting, very exciting episode one hundred and fourteen, if I'm not mistaken, for you here tonight. We have uh, we have a Yield Workshop, we have a news cruise, we have a Wikipedia history lesson, uh, surely we'll have some poetry too, but first, you know what we got? We got a parody from the cartographer of the new age, the pride of Tarzana, California. He has mandibles like the predator, he's Matthew Rampy.
0: Let's get podcasting, podcasting, I wanna get podcasting let's get into podcasting let me hear that shafey talk that shafey talk let me hear that shafey talk i'm just gonna go with the just a little bit of the chorus on a song today because i know people are tired of me getting deep into the bridge (laughs)
1: with my parodies have you
0: seen the bridge a little olivia newton john for 114
1: i love it i uh you know that song came out what, probably eighty two, eighty three, thereabouts. Whatever it takes. It was huge. Commuter rail. There she is. Woo! That song was huge. It was everywhere. You heard it in you massive, know, massive song. You heard it on the radio. You heard it at the, at the at the grocery store. Like it was, it was inevitable. And like I didn't. Most importantly, you heard it at the aerobics studio uh that too, but I wasn't spending a lot of time in aerobic <laughs> studies, believe it or not, when in I was 82. eight years old. And that's like that's the thing about this song is that and we didn't listen to a whole lot of commercial radio either. Like we we played like old Merle Haggard records, you know, on the on the turntable at my house. You come from a rare esoteric family, my friend. Because a, we were
0: we were only we were steeped only in pop culture at the time.
1: <laughs> But so, but this song was still fully on my radar because the song was that pervasive, and I remember uh, there was an older kid we were friends with named Mark. I wish I could remember his last name, but I can't. He was I was probably seven or eight, so he was nine or ten, and uh, we were asked. We asked the older guy, we asked, what does what does it mean to get physical? (laughs)
0: Okay,
1: and he told us that it meant. Sex and doing it in bed. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, he knew. He yeah. knew what he was talking about. <laughs> Sex. Sex
1: and doing it in bed.
0: <laughs> I thought it was merely a, a workout
1: thing. I didn't realize it you was. Know, uh... it, it was that too, definitely. I can remember the stockings or, or the uh, leg warmers. The singlets. The I remember the, the leotards. leotards. I remember <laughs> jinx. I remember the uh, the gelled and hairsprayed. Flock of Seagulls, hair. It was. Uh, I remember it all.
0: Uh, I was reminded of it because Amy started watching the, this program. On that Apple show, TV. Physical, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She mentioned it today, and um, I man, Apple TV makes some, some good entertainment. That
1: show, it seems like a quality show. Have you watched it? it just like I watched some of the first episode. It was. Uh-huh. It was a little too intense for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. that's <was> pretty intense. <laughs> well, uh, you're you're the one
0: who recommended C
1: to oh, me yeah, <laughs> from, well, Apple,
0: from Apple TV, which is
1: very intense. Holy it, cow. it seems like increasingly intense, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I find, you know, C is about a fantasy future world where it's very different from our own. The stuff that's about, you know, real life in the 80s, That's that hits me way harder. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hear you, man. It was like
0: we were so misguided in that time, like... But but it but also that time sort of birthed all of the dystopian present that we have
1: now. Yeah, it was a real. That was your greed is good. That was probably the The greed is good. Yeah. The last
0: look. This show is careening off the edge already. Yeah. Right here, right here in the offing. Olivia Newton John made me think of Greece.
1: I was going to say, yeah, I you know that we have Greece on the show sheets. So. We're, tar- we're
0: already talking about the 80s. We're talking yes. about Olivia Newton John. Um, I I remember that but before we even had a VHS player, we would rent one, right? Yeah. And I remember renting Greece, like one of the first things I saw on VHS, seven, eight, six, seven, like I, not old. And um, i look at i see greece now I you know i know what greece is about now and i'm yeah. like i can't believe we were allowed to watch that as kids um yeah there's some there's some heavy heavy adult themes and right yeah. up front and center in greece so sexy yeah uh i mean greece
1: lightning i uh, song. we yeah I, remember, I was probably like in the third grade second grade it was a in a summertime like summertime daycare program when we watched that, and I I remember I went like, on the ride home. Uh, I told my mom that's what we did that day. And she was like, "What? How could they do that?" And I, you know, and I knew when I was watching it that it was that they were talking about some adult stuff, but it did not it did not seem scandalous to me. It just seemed like adults talking because because I mean, a lot of it was just straight up over my head you know and then there's dancing and there's does, you know
0: does Rizzo have an abortion
1: so I think there's something like that going on yeah or, or does she
0: just lose the baby or, I, I, I I don't know oh god. I want to draw everyone's attention to the lyrics because you know, I'm the parody guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I should parody this soon. I should have parried this tonight. Shit. Um, oh, I'm really happy with the physical. I just want to. I, this song, Grease Lightning, go Grease Lightning. You're burning up the quarter mile. <laughs> Grease Lightning. You are supreme. The will cream for Grease Lightning. Whoa, that's like a Prince lyric. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Did the the Chicksel cream. Look at how this is stylized, too. <laughs> is that a word, <laughs> <laughs> Chicksel?
1: will, yeah, Should sure. We,
0: can we do a Yield Workshop with uh,
1: Chicksel? Chicksel, yeah. apostrophe L-O. Yeah, that's a contraction of Chick's and will. <laughs> that's legit. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I, that's fine. I mean, my parents... I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was. I mean I guess the, the you know, I guess we still watch we try to control what our kids watch and they we're moving into PG and there are some adult themes and movies. This is more of the the goalpost has moved. Greece might have gotten
1: a an R in in today's <laughs> time. It would look, definitely right? at least be PG thirteen. Uh, yeah. A Palomino dashboard. And dual muffler twins, oh yeah. New new boosters, plates, and shocks. I can get off my rocks.
0: I can get off my rocks? (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Read the next line. She's a real pussy wagon. You know that I ain't bragging. She's a real pussy wagon. Holy moly. I didn't
1: realize that. that, uh, that, I remember the pussy wagon from the Tarantino movie. I'm glad I pulled
0: this up because... The, on, the only line I remembered was the Chicksil cream being so salacious, but those that you found are yeah, also I mean, Yeah, the we, fact <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: We're just, we're just going over the lyrics of Grace Light and real carefully with a fine tooth comb here to find all of the most salacious details. Anyway, that's just what Olivia Newton-John was making me think about today. Mm-mm-mm.
1: Yeah, and that's it's interesting. Like in that that musical is really important to some people. You know that uh, you know I think there are people who you know that's that's kind of their cultural part of their cultural canon. You
0: know, talk about another huge song. I mean, you know, G- G- Greece was a cultural touchstone. It was, you know, it was the late seventies, and it was lionizing this time. You know, we always kind of go back twenty years or so. You know, like right now. Well, a classic is twenty-one years old, right? Yeah. So there's this cycle of of reusing fashion and and every you know vibes of a culture twenty something years later. We're in this '90s trend Mm -hmm. thing, you know. Um, So that was in the late '70s, and they're they're holding up the '50s, the late '50s, you know, as this
1: as this time of cultural interest. Is the song Leader of the Pack, is that from Greece or is that an entirely different thing? That's something else. Okay. I don't know what that is. Met him at the candy store. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'll never forget you. There, we'll I wish there contact. was a way to find out what wh- what that is.
0: Like there if, if there's no it feels like there's no way to figure out oh oh that's look, not, it's the Shangri
1: that's from nineteen sixty four. That that reminds me of a song about Matthew Rampey called The Leader of the Pod. Oh, <laughs> that's so kind. I'll never forget you. <laughs>
0: oh, that's work that up. <laughs> and I'll let you do the, the parody real soon. Shafi. Right. I wanted to I wanted to kick it off here.
1: Is this the start of the podcast or are
0: we in the second act? I don't know. How long have we been going? We I was just gonna going to
1: ask you, uh, based on the drop from at the beginning of tonight's show, are we going to, are we just going to do my nephew, Shavy's is willing, and just turn this into a butts podcast? Just a this, weekly conversation this about- This is
0: poops on butts. Butts
1: and butts stuff. Poops on but, butts? Before was a, generic, butts? was a generic talk about butts.
0: Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Get you just, down to
1: on butts. The ins and outs, as it were. Um, let's let's
0: not do that. <laughs> I've I, I've got it queued up, so I'll go ahead. I want to I want to do a <laughs> I want to do nobody's favorite segment, um, Matthew's minutia. <laughs> like like what's going on with kind of the completely. In all aspects of my life, like that time that I dropped that Dijon mustard in the kitchen. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, tonight, I'd like to talk about. Hey, there's my there's my neighbor's, the leader of the pack, the NHRA Hall of Fame.
1: I met him at the candy store. <laughs> there
0: he goes. There he goes. He knew we were talking about his stupid song. Lot of lives. Shafi, I want to talk about pantalones see pantalones uh, azul blue jeans it's, okay. pre- it's pretty much jeans are my my most worn article of of lower body clothing <laughs> jeans that's my thing
1: Well, magical nation just so you know I have no clue where this is going, just like you do. I'm very excited.
0: (laughs) All my life. When I was in junior high, I would sleep in my jeans. Wow. Like, I loved them so much. And I remember one time Kadeem Hardison from A Different World was on Johnny Carson. And he told Johnny that he had 28 pairs of Levi's 501 button fly jeans. And I thought that was the coolest thing, man. I've never been able to wear 501. My undercarriage, like... The from my waist to the bottom of my crotch 501 is very tight there mm. i need some more relaxed fit i've gone i used to do 569 from the 90s that's mm-hmm. levi's loosest jeans it's like it's just relaxed fit um i've we went through this period of skinny jeans mm-hmm. at, which was terrible for me i have very thick calves and thighs. I cannot wear skinny jeans. Yes. It is very very uncomfortable and I was only able to go down to the 559, five,
1: which is like the relaxed straight, okay? I obviously have no truck with the skinny jeans either.
0: Oh, that's you cannot have played any football, American or European and and wear those type of jeans, you know what I mean? Um and I it's a it's a horrible I'm so glad that Billie Eilish and, and other young artists are bringing back the 90s baggy clothes. Thank goodness. It's yeah. really, I'm stoked about that. Um, I went to buy some Levi's recently. And it's very simple. It's the 559s. Five, five, it's the same dimensions every time. And I get them on and they, they say on the label like stretchy stretchy mm-hmm. and they're this different sort of denim that's like the thing you like about denim is that it's it's durable and it's firm when you get it even like the pre-washed even like when you buy the pre-washed jeans they're they're more firm they 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 soften up as you go along that's fine but I get this pair of five five nines and they they seem to fit but they're this like stretchy material man and I don't like it. I mean that I'm sorry that all the only place this is going is me kvetching about some new fabric. Um, I don't know. It's they're like not breathable or something. And it, it's, it's more example of how <laughs> consumer goods are just on the decline. Like nothing is made like it's used to, <laughs> like it used to be everything you get, even if it's like the same, model and brand there's this decline in quality going on in our society that may be true in our consumer in our society i mean in our in our economic system you know
1: that might be true but i'm going to tell you man i in college i had a pair of bell-bottomed blue jeans that i found at a thrift store and they were stretchy and, and they were great. They, I loved, I missed those. If I could like go to a tailor right now and be like, can you just make this?
0: Let me say this specifically. They are a little more comfortable yeah. on my skin, but it's, it, the material doesn't breathe the same. Uh, I find myself feeling a little like sweaty.
1: That seems, that makes sense to me.
0: And And I looked it up and I looked it up. I googled it for 1 second. Yeah. <laughs> and all that I saw was that oh, stretchy jeans are more breathable and I that's not what I'm finding. Look, get at us feedback at onemagicalhour.com. Do you find stretchy jeans more breathable or less breathable? <laughs> See, this is Matthew's minutiae. You know what I mean? Like we are getting down to the nitty-gritty of what makes Matthew irritated in his daily uh in his daily journey through the death cult of consumer
1: America. <laughs> I think that this should be Matthew's Manisha. Should we get Manisha on the show to talk about jeans?
0: As I was talking about the jeans, I was thinking that Manisha's gonna hear me talking about it. <laughs> and he's he, you know, we don't see eye to eye on jeans. I'm mainly because I I I'm i can not afford the jeans. That he, I'm not in the same stratosphere <laughs> as him. He tells me that you're not supposed to dry your jeans.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's you're the-
0: always supposed to like and I just I can't be bothered with that. Like the Levi's are great because they're they are inexpensive and they have a lifespan and I put them in the dryer. And then and then you have a whole like range of experience with your jeans. Yes, if you want to preserve your jeans in perpetuity, you, you hang them to dry. But I want mine to go from kind of stiff to softer to having holes in them and then they're and then they're. Mm-hmm. they turn into rags for my for my shop. You, know you ever I mean? cut them off
1: and wear the short shorts?
0: Not in a very long time, <laughs> my friend. Not maybe since I was actually enjoying physical by Olivia Newton-John on the radio. <laughs>
1: Let's
0: get physical. I'm sorry. Let's get podcasting. Podcasting. I've I want to, I want to spring something on you here in front of the listenership. I'm ready for it near the listenership. Um, I don't think I'm going to use that news cruise, uh, music anymore, really. Okay. You know. Oh, I can hear in your voice that's upsetting. No, it's really. We should talk about it right now. (laughs) Let's not (laughs) let this fester, my friend. Honestly. You know, I pulled that from like a out a YouTube karaoke of the Love Boat theme, and I'm pretty sure we can just get sued for that at any time.
1: That's and like so many things on this show, sure. And,
0: uh, but I'm, I'm thinking about also it's just it's such a hassle to remember when we did have a news cruise or when we didn't. We can still call it the news cruise. I'm just saying, I may not play that music every time. And maybe I'll bring it back for a special news cruise. Who knows? But you know what I will do though. Use this voice to introduce you. Hall, ladies and gentlemen, like I'd like to throw it now to correspondent of the new age, Schaefer Hall.
1: Hey, folks. Thanks, thanks, Dr. Steve Brule. It doesn't sound like Steve Brule. I didn't mean to be derivative. Great uh, that great article in the New York Times from a former guest on the show, Lucas Marquardt. What? He's got an article in the Times. He said no. He forwarded it to us. Oh, oh, okay. He found the oh, article. sorry,
0: sorry. I thought you Since. meant he was the the journalist of record. Yeah,
1: of the people that we know, he's probably the most likely to have okay, a, right. Yes, have a. But he uh, he found this is a really cool story, uh, which uh, maybe I'll 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 put it up on the uh, Facebook page so you can read it yourself. But it's all about these goats that they're training. To eat all the underbrush out from around houses in California mm. to prevent the houses from getting burned down during these wildfires, I thought that was so cool. And I, I just—is like, this
0: one of one of those goats save humankind again goats, stories? Yeah,
1: once again, goats. The goats will save us. I just like first of all, I love goats, and I think it's so cool that they eat anything. You know, you really got to be careful with them because they'll just. That will decimate the entire. You'll end up with just a field of dirt if you leave uh, too many goats on there for too long. Yeah, You've got to move them around. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they have these goats that are trained. They'll go right around the house and they'll get all of the vegetation out from you know, say five feet around your place. And uh, and then you know when the wildfires come through, it's less likely to.
0: Wait, are these rental goats? Is that like a house. service that I you think, get? Yeah,
1: you can you can. Uh, yeah, you can get your hands on them. Huh. Uh, yeah, this whole, this interesting company. So then I was wondering, you know, because I've heard about like goats eating like aluminum cans and stuff. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was imagining just like, like living in my house and having a goat wearing a diaper. Um, <laughs> but who just <laughs> lives in my house and he just <laughs> follows around and like, when I have trash, you just throw it on the floor and the goat just <laughs> eats it. And that is just like, like a, he's like a Roomba, but for, but for everything. I think part of the toughest part, part of the toughest part, let me
0: be a little redundant redundancy right now. Um, training the
1: goat to wear the diaper seems to be a challenge right there yeah. in terms of having him in the house. We'll see. Yeah. They might not be interested in that. Right. Uh, but I figured it would be much easier to put a diaper in it than to potty train a goat. Sure.
0: Yeah. Hey, get at us. What do you think tougher? (laughs) Diapering a goat or teaching
1: them to go in the pee-pee in the pate? Feedback at com. (laughs) That Uh, was
0: in the Times?
1: Yes, in the Times. I'll put it on our Facebook page so you can peruse it yourself. If you, like me, like goats, you'll enjoy this (laughs) article.
0: What do you like more, uh, goats
1: or Possums. Oh possums! I love possums most of all.
0: Possums like your spirit animal, right?
1: Yeah, we if we want to get it, we had to do a possum episode. If we're gonna, we're gonna get into possums. Didn't we we
0: do a possum episode? Maybe we did.
1: I don't know. It's been there's been
0: a lot of episodes. Matthew, I think we're at the point where it'd be understandable if we forgot the content of one or two episodes. Yeah, and maybe even repeated it like Three's Company. And if and if I know
1: our fans, One Magical Nation. I know that they can't get enough possum talk. And so if we were to talk about possums again, I think that that would be fine with them. Would it? (laughs) Great survivors. I'd go to great survivors too. You know who else is a great survivor? Owen Wilson. And I don't, you know... I don't want to get into this. To I don't want to get into the minutiae of this article so much. It's a very interesting article. Uh particularly if you're a fan of Owen Wilson, you'll enjoy it. I'm
0: Once, a fan. I'm a fan. I'll put it up Count on Facebook too. Count me a fan.
1: Too. But uh, this article really struck me because um, you know, like, it's, like we've all been dealing with, you know, some stuff us and our friends. The pandemic, you mean? Know? No, I was thinking. I'm thinking more like uh, various kinds of alcohol and other, you know, oh, really? sorts of abuse. Right. Uh, you know, I, mean, I,
0: I wrote, I wrote, oh yeah, all of us now that you mentioned, it. <laughs> I mean, going
1: and I'm coinciding a, with our mental health and all, and all that stuff. I'm the writer of uh, the 10 year taper, the 10 year taper. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Owen Wilson is a guy who had a lot of really big problems. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, and this article is about how he's doing all right. Huh. And, you know, really just that alone, I thought was awesome. And I, it occurred to me that, you know, just we need more stories like this. You know, there's the whole, like, weird thing about our culture that, you know, lionizes the uh, the creative artist who is also, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, Dionysian, you know, party or, or you know, there's this yeah. idea that, you know, the creative mind is also the kind of mind that abuses. That's yeah, fueled by you know. drugs and alcohol, right? And and those people, you know, rightly or wrongly, you know, the spotlight gets shine on the ones who don't pull it out, the ones who die, the ones who have the big problems, and you know, and you know, once again, rightly or wrongly, you know, they they can kind of be lionized in our culture. People get more interested in their work because they've passed away, and uh, it just occurred to me that we, we need to hear more about the success stories about the people who have gotten out of it we need to celebrate them yeah. you know cuz that's i mean it's, i mean obviously it's it's great and you know quiet courage any and i think any artist will tell you that that whole oh you got to have the you got to have the wild you know sedge edge and abuse and excess in order to for your creativity to be you know for your stuff to be interesting uh that is just not right you know there is i think a tendency for you know the your the stuff that you do when you're younger and when you're newer and when you're just starting out to be you know a little edgier than the older stuff, and that, and I'm not saying better or worse, but that's just life. You know that's the progression of anything. You know you you do something more often. You know it's gonna some of it's going to be repetitive, some of it's some of it's not. But um, and you know your life changes. You don't necessarily have that that burning fire. To you know, public transit. But you can still you can still do your thing, and you know you're not. It's it's actually pretty awesome because you're not necessarily worried about it being, you know, the you know the greatest award winning you know piece you know piece of art and getting all that those accolades for. At least I got to that point. You know, it's just stuff that you realize that it's something that you love to do you have to do. And then like, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that fame and success stuff can, is a little bit BS. You know, like there's, yeah. there's, there's always somebody out there with different, some who have the same taste as you and some who have different tastes than you. And the, the people with different tastes might hate on you. And then the other ones will, you know, hold you up. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think we should change this narrative, you know, and I was thinking, you know, there's, you know, People, you know, in our culture used to, you know, used to laugh if they found out someone was homosexual and we just don't do that anymore. I'm saying, you know, let's, you know, well, let's, I, let's you, recognize that this, uh, you know, lionizing the self, the self emulator is just, it's not wrong. It's just like, just let's not do it anymore. Let's, let's find another way to do it. As you were talking about
0: that, I was thinking about all the other narratives that we're trying to change. Yeah. Which you sort of alluded to
1: there. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to put in like, not everybody has to sleep with producers in order to be good in Hollywood, you know, in order to be successful in Hollywood, you know, and not, there's, yeah, there's all sorts. Let's just, while we're at it, let's add that to the list. Yeah. You know, things. Yeah. You don't have to destroy yourself
0: <laughs> you don't have to be on a reckless uh self-destructive journey to make good art right is that, is that yeah is that and kind
1: of... just so you know out there if you are reckless and are on a self-destruction journey i don't hold that against you at all everybody takes their own path and people do what they have to do for their own happiness and mental health and uh and and all that so uh everybody do what you have to do. And and if you like, you know, uh, going hard and rocking and rolling, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not hurting others. Uh, go right ahead. But let's not, let's not somehow associate it with something magical and mystical, you know, in the, or, in the or, or, or at least, at least not make
0: it like, a, uh, like a requisite for making good art. Right. Yeah. Which it feels like sometimes. Yeah. That's I mean, how I mean, Part of that is because so many, so many great and interesting artists have been afflicted like that. Yeah. You know? So but a, there's it's a little like which came first. But
1: there's a huge list of even more people who are also accomplished and didn't, you know, didn't do that. They just.
0: Well, or di- didn't, or what it, you're saying too is really calling out when someone um, overcomes those yeah. tendencies. Yeah, I hope I hope I still am able to. I've definitely had that fear as an artist, like, oh, if I'm not off my rocker, then then I can't make good art, or that that's what makes my art interesting. And like, I am finding through the (laughs) through the power of the ten year taper that uh, it's not necessarily that it is it is the creativity is within me. When you're younger, though, it, it's different than as, as, younger, you, as you, you age, just, like, you know, you, you you can imbibe so much when you're younger. And
1: and, and you still have plenty of energy and you still yeah, have yeah. lots of ferv and you can still make your art. Yeah. yeah. As you get older, when you start to go hard like that, it really cripples you for yeah. <laughs> several days. And then you're not making any art at all. You're not making friends. You're not you're doing anything, yeah. not leaving the house so you know, really just like I love this article because it's just talking about how well Owen's doing and you know, what a nice thing that is.
0: It's an Esquire article. Yeah. And what's what's Owen's kind of does it talk about any kind of like timeline of when he was how like is is he sober or or uh yeah off booze at least? And,
1: yeah. Uh, uh the I don't like when you're looking for like a specific. Yeah. When did that happen for him? I don't
0: Because I mean, his career has been going great for 20 years. Yeah. Was it, was it kind of before that that he's got his life sorted out or no,
1: it was recently recently. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hmm. Well, good for him. I know he would hang around Austin a lot, like in the aught aughts. And there was one time when Jamie was, at Zilker park and they were doing a pickup game just and Owen Wilson was there playing soccer with some career. Cool. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of talk
0: know, of him hanging around town. The Wilson the brothers
1: and Wes Anderson are from Texas. In fact, sure. Like a bottle rocket was
0: shot in Houston.
1: Yeah. And Texas Anderson, who's Wes Anderson's mother. Um, she was an archeologist and actually like she knew my dad pretty well. Oh. And uh, I guess I asked my dad once about it. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I remember her. He's like, you've been over to her house when you were a kid. Oh. So.
0: Well, that's a close association you have with Wes Anderson's family. Yeah.
1: I don't know if. uh, Oh, wait. Wes Anderson. Yes. I wonder if, like, maybe he and I crossed paths, and he was, like, a little older, a little younger than me, and I was just, like, kind of some sniveling idiot. And he, like. (laughs) He he knew you would be on a shitty podcast someday. (laughs) I Um, I was a really weird kid for a
0: second there i got what's in my mind i got wes anderson
1: mixed up with
0: who made um there will be blood
1: oh paul thomas anderson is that
0: his name paul thomas anderson i think so okay okay that's why i got them crossed because they have the same surname right i think that that sounds right i love wes anderson i know exactly what you're talking about And, and i um Referenced him recently when I was talking about the mysterious Benedict Society. Mm-hmm.
1: I re- I, I, re- I love that I, other guy too. I really people. like
0: oh, um, I like a lot of Wes Anderson's films. I really like uh, Darjeeling Limited, mm-hmm. which is one that is I feel like underrated. and yeah, it was excellent. It was so qu- in that Owen's in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in a he's in a few of his. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this is such a great arts and entertainment podcast. It really <laughs> is. Like we, we, not only do we get to, into pop culture in so many, we come from so many directions attacking pop culture. We, and not, a, not attacking, but, but chopping up, you know, and dissecting. Uh, but then we also, I feel like we get into the mind of the artist of us being committed artists and, um, man suddenly i'm enjoying my podcast how many episodes did it take 114 shit well (laughs) however many it takes i feel like um oh you know what i did i i copied and then i didn't paste a whole segment here let me see if it's still on the oh yeah we got more segments for you all right all right all right come on come now dj
1: Matthew, no, we don't play Sound Clash, do you, Matthew. Do you know why New York City's hockey team is called the Rangers? No, that's a. I do not know. It's a. You it like there's that seems weird. Yeah. Now that you mention it,
0: the New York Rangers. Yeah. What the hell is that? Is it Aragorn?
1: There was not a lot of ranging going on. Yeah. <laughs> you think of Rangers actually like they're the Texas like the Rangers, Rangers. who protected Eng, uh, England from the mad uh the mad picks up in Scotland. Mm, uh watch out for those picks And the uh, and the Rangers, yeah, on the uh Texas border, mm-hmm. like also known as Indian killers. Um Man. The, uh, which uh,
0: unfortunate in light of uh current events
1: the uh you know yeah all of that and yeah you know Rangers just like any any group of generally hard Scrabble guys who are assigned to protect the border. I reference J.R.R. Tolkien, the Rangers of the North. Yeah. Aragorn. And it's a, it's a loveless job. It's also of a job they give to like, uh, to, to, uh, criminals and, uh, you know, all the folks, folks who are soldiers who really only know how to be soldiers, but don't have a war to go to Mm -hmm. end up being Rangers. It's a, you know, it's it's a hard bunch, but, uh, you know, and there's, you can be romantic about it or you can, you know, try to, try to be less so, you know, I think, you know, the truth is often found in the middle of all of that, uh, glorification and, or, uh, or, uh, uh, indemnification. Is that a word? Anyway. That's for the
0: next, yeah. It's
1: unusual for, to, to, associate Rangers with New York. Yeah. And the reason that, uh, the Rangers were named after a man named George Lewis Tex Rickard oh. called Tex because he was from Texas. Uh, he was a boxing promoter among, uh, among a bunch of other interesting jobs, yeah. but he founded the New York Rangers. So they were Texas Rangers, T-E-X apostrophe S uh, Rangers <laughs> in, in New York. That uh, was his, Boy, his hockey a, team.
0: That's a syntactical
1: uh, uh, anomaly he built the third incarnation of Madison Square Garden uh and he uh he was wait what do you mean he built it like he was the architect of record he no he he got the money together i see and and made it happen uh he uh was a fascinating was actually born in Kansas City Missouri in 1870 uh he's he listed as a gambler bartender and boxing promoter mm. Because, uh, he's, sure. uh, he actually moved to Sherman, Texas at a very young age. Uh, his father passed away. They moved to Henrietta, Texas, where he started cowboying, uh, became a cowboy at age 11 after the death of his father, uh, age 23, he was elected marshal of Henrietta, Texas, acquired the nickname Tex at that time. Uh, he got married, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his lady passed away, uh, he headed up to Alaska, I guess when Marshalling uh, wasn't wasn't doing it for him anymore. He followed the discovery of gold, uh, headed up there, and then he. But he pretty quickly figured out that there was even more money to be made. Not panning for gold in the streams necessarily, but running the saloon, hotel, gambling hall where all of the uh, folks could come in and spend their uh, their new mm-hmm. windfalls. <clears throat> so we've gone from Texas up to uh up to Alaska where we're gambling and bartending uh he was friends with Wyatt Earp oh, <laughs> who because wow. they shared an interest in boxing uh and he started when he was kind of promoting uh you know his saloon and hotel that's when he started
0: transit
1: a, promoting uh boxing gigs and arranging and those uh, arranging those things we know people who like fights. He, uh, he moved his operation down to Nevada, another saloon and casino. Kept going with the, uh, with the boxing stuff. I know at one point, I can't find, oh, 1911, he was through with the business of for prize fighting and set sail for Argentina, uh, where he acquired a 270,000-acre ranch in Paraguay, and started a, started a cattle ranch. So now he's ranching in South America. Uh, it, was, it was quite successful. At one point, peaked out at a million acres with uh, with 50,000 head of cattle. Uh, and then he became involved in a political con- uh, controversy, um, which there's not... I would have to research more to find out about that. But anyway, he had to, he had to book it out of, uh, book it out of South America very quickly. <laughs> so I like this guy, he heads up to, uh, to New York, uh, you know, with his, with his cattle millions. And that's when he starts, you know, getting into the, uh, I guess you would call it real estate development, uh, built Madison square garden, uh, initially to have to host boxing matches there, oh, okay, uh, and what else? But it was his idea to bring the circus to New York for uh, for the first time. That's You know, they paraded the elephants and everything through the uh,
0: through the tunnel. Sort of seems like a no brainer. Uh, yeah, way.
1: you know, and now yeah, it's it's really <laughs> famous to have you know the, the circus at Madison Square Garden. But, uh, uh he hosted boxing matches at Yankee Stadium. uh promoted fights but then yeah it, it, so he wanted to start a hockey uh wanted to bring a hockey club to Madison Square Garden and the yeah the new team was nicknamed Texas Rangers uh-huh. TEX apostrophe S and later became known as the New York Rangers the New
0: York Rangers wow that makes me feel like there's so, like a connection between Texas and New York in a way,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think the connection is is that it's both iconoclastic,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, iconic and like, there's so like
0: wait, is iconoclastic anti-iconic? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's both like <laughs> both places are iconic in their own ways. Yeah. You know, they're both like
1: yeah, you can-
0: such a strong personality. Yeah, there's You'd, no mistaking Texas. There's no mistaking New York. You mentioned that. that
1: right? Something specifically pops into people's heads. They definitely they have a clear idea. Who's
0: got the freaking of, Gabagool? Of
1: what they imagine, the is The freaking Gabagool. <laughs> uh, well, well, I've got that freaking Gabagool, partner. <laughs> that was That's how
0: they talk in Texas. <laughs> that was um quite possibly the best oh by the way this has been a wikipedia history lesson <laughs> that may be the best wikipedia
1: history lesson we've ever had oh shucks oh, uh, when tex rickard died he uh they they laid him in state really in madison square garden oh, and uh something when, like, when, it was like when, a when did he solid gold just, or just platinum to give, cotton
0: just, just to give me better time frame. 1929
1: okay so i guess he was 59 oh, what a
0: great time to die because uh, shit was about to go
1: south right yeah, after that.
0: Had to die in 2019. And for
1: three days, thousands of people came to say goodbye to him. Was
0: he, did he succumb to his vices? That's a good question. I'm
1: not really not sure. Uh, yeah, I think probably it was a life of hard living that did him, that?
0: him in. The roaring 20s finally <laughs> did him in. A, a ton of success in New York. I'll put you right. Oh,
1: sorry, no. Complications from an appendectomy. Uh, my great Grandfather, um, Mally Fulfer,
0: died from Same way. complications from an appendectomy. Uh, well, I actually, it, I actually, my grandfather used to say, "Well, he he died of because he was stubborn, because he waited. Uh, you know, he's yeah. in pain. He's got his pain in his side, and he didn't want to go to the doc. Well, maybe and he didn't because medical if, surgery we, is
1: not what it was what yeah. it is today. So." Shoot. Maybe when did Nalley
0: die? Well, not in twenty nine. Maybe it was after that. But um, this is also on the prairie in Texas. Surely he could have gotten a good doctor in twenty nine. And
1: sorry to hear about your grandpa. Here's to
0: him. My great great grandpa. Yeah. Cheers to that guy. Mally Fulfer. Um. Wow. I don't. This this is the. Episode 114 is a great episode. I can I could tell. We still have we still have segments. Just real quick, I'd like to pre-promote another Disney family avocado review coming up. The show is Doogie Kamealoa MD. It is a this is the this is in the category of nothing new under the sun, folks. Uh it is a remake of Doogie Howser. Have you watched? Yeah,
1: I know about the show. I'm really excited about. It's it. It's good, but I haven't watched the movie.
0: I only saw the first episode. That's why I'm pre-promoting because I'd like to get deeper into the series before I do an avocado review.
1: I'm glad to hear that it's, the it's better
0: than the Turner and <laughs> Hooch remake. I can tell you that.
1: I'll try to watch them too, and can chop it up next time we see each other. Did
0: you watch Doogie Howser the first time around? For me, I it did. was like yeah. I, you know, it was great. Loved I, that I, show I, we were 16 when Doogie was 16 mm-hmm. in a doctor. Yeah. And I remember, you know, at the end of each episode, Doogie would uh, Blog. Blog. Yeah. Yeah. He would journal journal to a type journal entries. And we had this, it wasn't a computer. It was just a word processor with like a, a monitor and a keyboard.
1: Yeah. And some I, of that I
0: started journaling. And, and I remember at 16 that like that it was hard. Because like I had no life experience. Like, what was I talking about in in my journal? And I, I tried to just kind of record the day's events and I fell off. I, I didn't go for very long, but I was definitely inspired by Doogie. The new Doogie. Well, she is a she's a doctor at sixteen. And she's a Hawaiian. Well, her mom's from Pennsylvania, an Irish Catholic woman from Pennsylvania, and her dad's like Johnny Kapahala Hawaiian. And uh, she's a genius and it's really slick the the whole production of it it's very mm-hmm. it's very good it's it's engaging and and her she's got a um a youtube channel when she oh, she God. vlogs
1: so she vlogs yeah yeah vlogs.
0: But, it, but all there's all the same kind of uh there's so so many connections to the original show The the theme song is the same tune but played like on a ukulele and she's got the weird friend who's kind of wild Italian friend (laughs) Uh, she's not Italian but she's she's unconventional what was uh, Doogie's
1: buddy's name was it actually Vinny or (laughs) I I may have been Vinny Uh, I gosh I can picture in my head I I love I I love
0: that kid that actor he's great too yeah um anyway and he was
1: really like that's a lovely dress you're wearing Mrs. Cleaver right that's yeah
0: yeah he had a like a Eddie Haskell kind Eddie of vibe. Haskell
1: quality, yeah. yeah.
0: That's Leave It to Beaver for all you millennials and Gen Z. Um anyway, one of these days I'm gonna avocado review that bad boy. Um we got one we got one more segment and then we got the poetry corner just hang in there. Yow's. That's Yield word shop. Shafey?
1: I'm excited to uh, welcome. <laughs> New listener Ryan to the show. He's going to uh, going to be a brand new member of One Magical Nation. He's a regular at the front page.
0: You're recommending this podcast to people.
1: And today, uh, he was he was very excited. Yeah, to to hear that you had a podcast. I said, you know what, Ryan, I'm going to figure out the get, I'm going to get to the bottom of this question, and I'm going to talk about it tonight on episode 114. Oh, of I the wish podcast. we
0: hadn't waited till the end because nobody listens <laughs> to the end.
1: <laughs> so this is for you, Ryan uh we just we're talking i don't i'm not sure how it came up exactly but he said why do they call charlie watts the king of the backbeat and he's like he's like what's the backbeat?" and uh and i was like well I, i don't really know i offered you know my idea in my head you know and that it's you know it's the downbeat like you know they say that they say that funk exists on the two and four, mm. and mm-hmm. um, and uh, don't the robot know? And that's uh and and also like kind of one and three, in like church music, the emphasis was on the one and three in a four-bar measure. Uh
0: huh.
1: At church, your emphasis would be on the one and the three. Starts oh, with fine. high. Okay. Low, high, low. I see. In the music on the other side of the tracks, the R and B, the music that's about Late night, uh, getting physical, sex and doing it in bed. Uh, That emphasis on the two and the four of the measure. Okay. And that's that's what's called the backbeat. I see. I'm I like the house music, which is four on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, And what is that? All four. That's
0: emphasis on all beats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) But if you're Charlie Watts, which is
0: which is obviously not church music either. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie Watts was a. A, a jazz lover, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, you know, and they were all R&B lovers, right? You know, uh, Chuck Berry and uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Charlie White
0: is the drummer for the Stones, Stones that just passed, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Because
0: I, I heard that he, he was really specifically...
1: Particularly into the jazz? Into jazz, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but that's that's interesting because that's... And the, the backbeat is emphasized in jazz, too. But really, it's a, it's an R&B thing. It's getting down and dirty, giving you that pumping rock rhythm and roll. that you can dance to, rock right. and roll. You know? mm-hmm. And rocking and rolling, the reason it's called rocking and rolling is because when, you, when you're getting physical, you're rocking and rolling around. And
0: I'm Olivia Newton-John's parody <laughs> guy. You
1: don't have to tell me. The bed or the car <laughs> or wherever it is. Uh, and so that's the dry storage at the restaurant you work at ryan you know we we knocked around a little bit and you know there's uh it's interesting though uh i definitely i looked at a lot of drummers youtubes about this you know and it you don't actually have to hit that snare on the two and the four you can have but it's just having a having a a distinctive snare uh in the somewhere around the second and somewhere around the fourth. But it's cool because you can kind of slow it down and hit it like kind of one sixteenth before, a sixteenth later. There's all sorts of different ways that you can do the backbeat. And I think that that's why it's called the backbeat and not the two and the four, you know, something more specific than that. Because it can move around a little bit. And that's also why, you know, today when Ryan and I were uh, chopping it up, I said, you know, oh, well, let's hit the, Let's let's hit you know the internet and see, and I just found so many different interpretations of what backbeat means. That's and right. I had so then tonight actually that's why that's what I was doing out in my car before I came in here tonight. Uh, when I arrived, was <clears throat> uh, I wondered watching YouTube's about drummers, drummers drumming the backbeat. Okay, and and that's it. It's a it's emphasizing the two and the four. Okay,
0: wow think about yowls it's like the information you didn't even know you needed to know that was more like samba and that was the backbeat that's not the backbeat you know what i'd really like to do i'd like to read one of your poems do you have one i, I don't have one at hand
1: uh well let me uh let me pull one up for you
0: maybe hand me hand me a poem that you've been meaning to enter into the record here and the One Magical Hour record. Uh, I would just like to remind everyone that we are still accepting reviews on Apple Podcasts, if anybody's still listening.
1: We and, love your
0: reviews. Um, I, we just thank you for listening. You... And you're probably not hearing this because nobody listens
1: to the end, <laughs> not even Shafi. I think I uh, uh, love each and every one of you. Love your new listener Ryan. Love you, Miss Ferguson in and, and Maryland. Love Is you. Miss
0: Ferguson, still listening?
1: I, I'm not sure. Yeah, she hasn't got out of school. Get out of Miss Ferguson if you're still listening. Uh, I think
0: that there are people who dropped off as we round as we came up to a hundred. And as we complete two hundred, they're gonna rediscover us and be like,
1: wow. And it'll be so these exciting guys are them. still
0: going. I used to be into this.
1: Much love to Sister Gracie. And then it's just like an endurance thing. Our man Jameson up north in Lubbock, Texas. Bill Manish, Adam Wentworth. We love you, man. Uh I'm excited, Matthew, to hear you read this poem. Is this a Every now and then.
0: I, I, I'm so good at reading poems.
1: Um, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm
0: excellent at reading your poems because when you're, we've talked about this before, when you're reading your poems, you tend to quickly go through these words. And I have always felt like there has to be a slowdown with your words just to give the listener time to process. What is it? Gas ain't groceries?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> groceries ain't gas. I can't remember. Um, yes, okay. Are you gonna hand me your phone? Do you feel comfortable with me touching your
1: phone? I do yeah. pandemic. I, I just I, I wanted to talk about this. You this could, is you one of those touched it to me. This is one of those magic poems. You know, they're they're poems that are like maybe weirder they are talking about a feeling or you know, uh, poems that are entirely imaginary, an entire fiction that occurs to you. This poem. Is straight from a story that someone told me, and I just took her story and I made it into a poem. And it was a.
0: Uh... Is this the title of the poem? It is, yeah.
1: Okay, this is excellent.
0: Are we ready for this? We're ready. I was just building up the sizzle a little bit. Poetry All right, corner. here we go. Poetry corner. I'm never going back to Titty Mountain by Schaefer Hall. It was 963 miles from Tijuana to Fort Stockton, and each mile was hungrier than the last. Amber said to the passenger window, and out into the blurred liquid desert, we should slow down, she said languidly, Maybe we should stop. Oddly elbowed, cacti shot by and disappeared into the infinite behind us. The car grew hungrier, and so did Amber, and so did I. But I wouldn't admit it, of course. Texas was beckoning, and I was reckoning a short distance to the fine fair of Fort Stockton. But the sun fell, and a polar moon rose over the high plains, and I couldn't tell if the shining in her eyes was tears or twinkles, but her face was a rich lady's bracelet and the dark desert behind her. Neither of us was surprised to find Fort Stockton's fine dines closed to our midnight kind. And I watched while Amber tried to hide her hungry anger. But at what seemed to us the last truck stop on earth, Amber's eyes were shining again when the waitress told her of the infamous Titty Mountain. Their laughter put my Pacific reckoning far behind me. Amber's chirp of joy as she looked back west on our way out of town brought me home again. She saw the low rise with its tiny craggy pike bathed in the early light. And I agreed when she told me as we nosed our way home, I'm never going back to Titty Mountain. I have these feelings when I'm hearing or reading your poetry like there's almost like a cliff <laughs> you know it's it builds to something where then it just drops off dramatically and purposefully you know but <laughs> you can feel it coming mm-hmm. <laughs> You can feel that cliff a coming. I hope I did it justice. Thanks, I enjoyed it very I, much. I yeah. feel like I, I might have gleaked on your phone just a
1: bit. It happens.
0: Um, well, that's the kind of poem that'll take you right out of a podcast if you've listened to the end.
1: You made it to the end, Ryan.
0: We love you it. It? <laughs> We love you all. We hope you'll join us next time for episode one hundred and fifteen. I feel like we're talking about. 150 is just right around the I corner mean, we are knocking
1: on the door yep yep
0: we just would like to remind everyone who has or has not been to titty mountain that the poor are the
1: choices the sweeter the wine